Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. We, of course, are coming up on our Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States, and of course that also means things like uh, Black Friday and the Christmas shopping season and all the craziness and everything else. But one of the things I think people forget is the great generosity of Americans at this time of year, supporting any number of causes, Thanksgiving being one of them, providing meals for people who don't have maybe the means to have a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, same thing for the for the Christmas holidays, providing uh, uh, you know a, a good Christmas to, to those maybe less fortunate. So um, I like to remember that this time of year, and hopefully our topic today is going to help us do that. We're going to be talking a little bit about Catholic Relief Services, which of course is, is should be a familiar topic if you're a regular listener of this program. In fact, our ordinary of the diocese, Bishop Richard Malone, is a board member at Catholic Relief Services, and our guest was in town Recently, um, uh, again, for uh, for that very reason, uh, to kind of talk about the work there and uh, to tell his story, which is what we're going to do here today on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Our guest is Thomas Oweapo, uh from Ghana. Thomas, welcome to the program. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Uh, you've been in the States before, but are you enjoying your, your time here back again? Certainly, but it's so cold out here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that time of year. In Africa, yes. we, have, we lack many things, but heat is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand you were out west. In fact, um, I'm sure as we talk about your uh, story today, it'll come out. You spent a lot of years in California. Oh, yes. Here, right? Yes. So, and I just flew in from uh, Hawaii. Oh, man. It's, Boy, tough. That was a tough <laughs> trip for you. I can, you know, um, well, well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, – um, uh, first of all, just so, so we get it um, uh, right off the top for people who are not – Familiar, and I will uh, try to do this throughout the course of the program. The website for Catholic Relief Services, and uh, you can you'll you'll find information about Thomas on there as well as crs.org, and that tells you about all the great work that they do um, around the world. In fact, there you know there's been a big initiative with the uh, hurricanes this past fall, and uh, especially work in Haiti again, which can't seem to get a break, unfortunately. So um, you know. If there is a disaster like that in the world, you can bet that Catholic Relief Services is there. So you can find out about that at crs.org. But maybe just give some people like a brief background of Catholic Relief Services, what it is, what it does. Well, I actually I've been traveling around and uh, with a very simple and a very important message. It's actually a message of gratitude, a message of thanksgiving for Catholic Relief Services because Catholic Relief Services is actually the agency of the American Catholic community. It is one of the biggest humanitarian and relief agency um, working in 101 countries around the world, bringing, reaching out to 107 million people every year, uh, bringing the mercy, compassion, and around the world into the lives of many people. And I just happen to be one of those people. My country happens to be one of the countries that has been blessed by the American Catholic community through Catholic Relief Service. So I'm just here traveling around, put a face on it, and to be able to say to people, thank you because you're making a difference in the world and in communities, families, and individuals. Um, well, before we get into your story specifically, since you mentioned it, let's talk about your country of, 
of Ghana. For people who are not uh, familiar, and I understand, um, I actually uh, uh, went with um, Father Ron Sajak and a local group here reaching out to Africa to uh, Uganda. So I have been over to uh, Africa previously, and I understand, you know, um, one of the things people don't understand about Africa is that. Um, it's almost like the United States where we've got one big country and a bunch of little states. <laughs> yes. You've, you're one big continent with a bunch of little countries. Lots of countries. Yeah. Well, Ghana, I mean, you have North Africa, South Africa, West Africa, East Africa, and Central Africa. And I come from a country in Ghana in the western part of Africa. It's a small country, uh, very close to the equator. So that's what I told you we we lack not he we have too much heat and um and all that. But um, Ghana is, uh, it, it was once upon a time a colony of the British and it gained independence in 1957, 6th of March. It has, they say it is the size of Oregon. I don't know how they got, they got that, but they said they Googled it. I don't know what okay. Google is, but it is the size of Oregon. It has about 26 million people. Um, we have dry season, six months, dry rainy season, but now with climate change, all that is changing. Uh, but I, that's, that's Ghana, and there are over 56 different dialects, but English is uh, the lingua franca as we, because it's this former British colony. Yeah. Right. And, and so sometimes I tell people if, if they don't like my accent, they should just blame the British for that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that's good. That's, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Now, Ghana is one of those countries that people sometimes use as an example of, uh, I'm not sure even the best way to put it, but um, kind of what Africa could be. You're kind of known for your democracy and, 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 and whatnot. And I understand that, um, and, and, but people maybe don't, that when we say you are a democracy, it's not exactly like the United States, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a Ghana is a young democracy. It's coming up. It has had about five different elections with peaceful transition from government to government, from opposition party to ruling government, from ruling government to opposition party. And that has, I mean, what I can say is that it's a young democracy growing up. We could and changing, changing with challenges, but changing for whatever it's doing. I would say, the, 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 and then the most important thing is that it's a stable country. It's a peaceful country, and peace is one of the greatest needs in Africa. And the people of Ghana, you you can find it anywhere. Very friendly, the most friendly people you can ever find, and that, and very welcoming, and so it's a great place to visit. So I invite you, anybody, to visit us and 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 just see how we 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 live, and then we can. That's how we build bridges together. Now, now they told me the same thing in Uganda that they were the friendliest people. We meet. So I you know, maybe we can settle it on the soccer field. Right? Well, go. we play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soccer is the best. And, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we Ghana and the US actually played in three World Cups together. They did, yeah. Uh, in yeah, Germany, yeah. South Africa, and Brazil. And the first two, Germany and South Africa, I think we beat the U.S. That was fair. And last year uh, in Brazil, they beat us. You beat us. So, I mean, it's wonderful how sports can bring the world so much closer together. Yeah, that is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, now, we're talking about Catholic Relief Services. You mentioned that they, that they, they do work in Ghana. And um, people might not be aware of the 
poverty in Ghana. Um, so, so just tell us kind of maybe how Catholic Relief Services is involved there. Well, even just to say how I personally even came across to Catholic Relief Services, I, I mean, Catholic Relief Services is current. It's been in Ghana for the past fifty-three years. Yeah, I mean that's amazing to me. Yeah, people don't understand the history that this organization has. Yeah, fifty-three years, fifty-three years of um, service to the people, to the poorest communities, because Catholic Relief Services usually will work in only the remotest areas where government is unable to even reach out to where people are. That is where Catholic Relief Services goes. And for the past 53 years, it's done. It's sent, uh, we have engaged in educational programs, trying to encourage enrollment and attendance in schools, and also especially to ensure that girls are also in schools. We've, we've done a lot of um, maternal child health programs, and ensuring that no mother uh, loses her life in the process of giving life. And so we are into uh, uh, maternal child health programs. And then we are also into microfinancing. We call it silk, savings and internal lending communities. And that's how just to, you know, women are the, women are kind of disadvantaged economically. And that's one of the ways, powerful ways to really uh, bring women together, put them in groups and let them engage in little, little businesses around their communities that will help them get a little bit of income to be able to take care of their families, children, pay for school fees, send children to hospital when they are sick and so on and so forth. We've also gone into peace because, you know, peace, it's the foundation for any development. You don't have peace, you cannot have any development. So Catholic Relief Services in Ghana has done years of um, peace building and, and kind of integrating peace building into all our programs. We also have a program in water and sanitation because water, I mean, Yes, there's so much water here. I see tiny, tiny little knob and there's water flowing everywhere, clean water. But coming across clean water and staying safe from waterborne diseases is a big hustle in some of the areas in Ghana. So being able to provide boreholes, wells, and teaching children to how to uh, use water to clean their hands to avoid all these diseases and also I mean, providing boreholes in schools and clinics where children can go to school and have water in the schools and then also in the clinics where uh, patients who come to the clinic can make use of that. And, so, and then we are also into agric, trying to help farmers to produce, um, I mean, to engage in uh, use seeds, recommended seeds, improved seeds and improved farming methods and find them, link them to markets, storage, access and all those things so that at least holistically we can help farmers to really uh, benefit from all their labor and their investments in the area of agric. So there's a lot going on and for the, it's, it's been a massive, massive, support to the people of Ghana through Catholic Relief Services to, from the American people. You, you brought up women and children. Uh, maybe just a little bit about the family structure yeah. in Ghana. Because, you know, I don't think it's any secret, at least it shouldn't be at this point, that in our American society and culture, <laughs> some of the most vulnerable are women and children. Yeah. And there just never seems to be enough programs to support, say, young mothers, single mothers, and, and small 
children. It's a great challenge, and it sounds like you're you're facing the same kind of idea there. Yeah, well, um, that's why Catholic Relief Service has taken special programs to ensure that girls and women are empowered in different ways, economically, educationally. For instance, for CRS Ghana program for many years had this beautiful program called Girl Child Education. And if you, because, you know, we still come from places where people discriminate between girls going to school and boys going to school. They see girls as liabilities and boys as assets. And so if you have to make a choice to invest, they invest in the boys' education to the detriment of the girls. So where Catholic Relief Services had this program where if you send your daughter to school and you allow her stay in school the whole month without absenting herself, we bring the parents of the girl to the school, such parents to the school, give them pep talks and send them away with bag of rice and gallons of oil and to take home and feed their families. And only then they get excited and they ensure that their daughters don't miss school. And But Catholic Relief Services takes that opportunity to help the girls to transcend the value of just a bag of rice and to see higher values in value in education. Only then we, we now have lots and lots and lots of girls streaming to the schools for that. But we take this opportunity to really make sure that they are they see value and continue education and make a living through education, and also the 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 silk the savings and internal lending communities where we bring this we bring women together they self select their groups and we give them some training in a little bit of financing finance management and business management all that and give them the equipment they need to 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 learn to start saving and start loaning out to each other making interest having um social premiums where they can help in in the event of difficulties in their life so it helps them get engaged spend their time well engaging in economic activities that are valuable in their that are valuable in their communities. Some are engaging in food processing, some are engaging in pult- uh, raising chickens and goats and doing all those things and farming. And so they, they end up making money. And we, when, when women have resources, it benefits, it, it benefits the, the children so much. And so they are able to take care of the educational needs, take care of the health needs and nutritional needs of their children better. So these are some of the ways that Catholic Relief Services has been engaging for many years, trying to ask ways to empower girls, to empower women, to empower our communities. Because I believe when women are really empowered and put in this a good economic status, it, have, it, it, it impacts positively on the whole family, especially the children. Yeah, absolutely. And there are plenty of ways that uh, we can help people, uh, if you're listening to the show today, if you, you, know, you want to learn more, um, we invite you to go to crs.org, learn about all the great work at Catholic Relief Services and how you can be a part of that. Our guest with Catholic Relief Services is Thomas Awiapo from Ghana and uh, again, I invite you to go to crs.org to learn more about Thomas and, and Catholic Relief Services and the great work they do around the world. Of course, there are uh, immediate needs now from certain recent disasters. You'll find out about that on the site as well. So we've talked a lot about kind of what you do with Catholic Relief Services and about your country. Let's learn a little bit about you. You have a very interesting um, story and it and, um, could have been... A very sad story at the beginning of your life. 
Yes, but now it turns out it's a story of hope. And, you know, I, I just told you that Catholic Relief Services works in 101 countries, reaching out to 107 million people each year. But you see, this is just a huge figure, and sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around right. that. Right. But I just want to let people know that, to be honest, beyond those huge figures are real faces, are real people, and I'm one of those people sitting right here now. Because I, I, I come from this small, tiny little village in Ghana, grew up in a village where we didn't have opportunity to have electricity, didn't have opportunity to have access to running water, uh, didn't have opportunity to access any health facility. And unfortunately, when I was growing up as a child, both of my parents passed away very young. I know God gave me beautiful parents, but they didn't live long, and they, they both died so young. And so I, the pain of growing up without knowing what it means to have a parent still still bothers me every day. And, you know, I'm old enough to let it go, but it doesn't just go away. There are certain times you sit down and you're still like, oh, I wish I had a parent. And there are moments I find myself even crying for parents. And today I'm, I'm the father of four children, and, and I still miss parents, uh, especially my little daughter. When my little daughter subjects me to this question, it's like, Daddy, where are your parents? And, and I explain, and she's like, okay, okay. But do you have a picture of your parents? And, and I'm like, I, st- I don't have a picture of my parents. And she cries and I cry. And so I, when I speak to people, especially the young children, and I'm like, you've got to really, really cherish the gift of parents and celebrate the gift of parents and, and have fun having parents. It's a great gift. And, you know, but we were four little boys growing up in a little village without parents. And that was very hard for us. We're very miserable kids. A lot of the times hungry, crying and fighting for food. Unfortunately, two of my very little siblings, they, they didn't survive. They died of malnutrition, hunger, starvation. My oldest brother, he just didn't, he wasn't able to deal with this. He, so he just left the village and he has never come back. And so I stayed in the village. And Catholic Relief Services came there and they built a school. But, you know, I, I hated school. I didn't like school. Didn't know what it was. My parents have never been to school. Nobody in my family had been to school. But they built this school and um, and they started tricking children to go to the school and they actually tricked me. And the trick was simple. Every morning, you know, they would provide just a little snack in that village school for any child who came. And I loved the snack. But I hated the school. Um, Unfortunately, they tied a snack to the school. So I got taken hostage into that school for my love for the snack. Because I would come hoping that they would just give it to me, knowing that I don't like school, and let me go free. If they, no, 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 no. If you wanted a snack, you were sentenced to hours of classes. But as long as you were in school, you got a little snack every day. So I kept coming for a little snack. And today, sitting here still alive, joyfully, and, and I'm grateful to God for that, and grateful to Sierra for that. Um, sitting here right now, holding a master's in public administration, and for 17 years, I've worked for Catholic Relief Services. And, and, and what I do is simply tricking other children to go to school. And I, I mean, and, I have, and I've been blessed with a wife and four children. And my children will never be hungry again. 
because I can provide a snack. I can provide three meals for them. And they and my children are in school, whether they like it or not, they are in school. Because now I come to understand that education is simply liberation. And whatever it takes, they have to be in school. So I just want people to know the power of just that little snack. That little snack changed the story of my life. It makes it possible for me to stand here. It makes it possible for my children not to go through what I went through. And so I, and I'm just so happy and I, I'm just so grateful. And so I, as I travel around the uh, country, I, I just want people to know that in the, in the world with a lot of challenges and difficulties, sometimes all that it takes is just a little act of kindness can make such a great difference. And um, today I'm back. Uh, I, I, I mean... Yes, they offered me that little snack. Other people also came into my life, the village community. You know, in Africa, it takes a village to raise a child. And so a lot of people were looked out for me and were nice to me, uncles and aunties. And, and then priests, a priest actually also found me and sent me to a Catholic high school and ended up with the reverend sisters who also adapted in a way and sent me to college. And I ended up with a scholarship to do a master's in public administration in California. And as soon as I finished that, I was ready to go back home. And I remember people were saying, why are you going home? And I had people from my home country saying, why are you coming home? And I said, because it's home. Because I don't truly, I don't believe God blessed me to that point for keeps. He blessed me so that I can pay it forward. And the best way to pay it forward was not to stay in this country, was to go back to that little village, that little community and country, and find ways and means uh, to pay back just a little token of all the blessings I have received. And what I come to realize is that, you know, it doesn't matter how crooked the lines are, God is able to write straight on those crooked lines. But the, pro- this is it. the problem is that God is unable to write so straight on those crooked lines, but for human beings, because human beings are God's language of love and mercy and compassion. And I'm just so happy that um, American Catholic community, the church, the dioceses, families, and school children uh, allow themselves for God to use them as instruments of love and mercy and care in my life and in the lives of millions of other people. Because my story, as I talk to you today, is a story of millions, many, many other stories of hope around the world that Catholic Relief Service has created. Uh, I'm only sitting here, you know, in the, like in the gospel where Jesus worked a miracle. He cured 10 lepers. One of them came back to say thank you. But actually, I'm flipping that miracle around. (laughs) I'm not just that one leper who has come back. Uh, I'm actually here also on behalf of all the other nine lepers around the world whose lives have been touched and changed and empowered by Catholic Relief Services, by the American people. And I'm just here on behalf of all those people to say thank you. And if anybody has ever wondered whether they are support to Catholic Relief Services. That's to, always the question. To Rice Bowl has yeah. made a difference or not. Whether they wonder all that, whether it makes a difference in the life of anybody or any community. I am sitting here as one of those answers. A real living testimony 
of what your sacrifices and contributions to Catholic Relief Services can do around the world. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming and sharing with us. And you mentioned that, and I, I wanted to bring it up before we go today, that, that uh, it just it's an example of one program, and you're right, people go, yeah, okay, is this money really going anywhere? Is it really helping anything? <laughs> uh, rice Bowl, Catholic Rice Bowl. People look for your um, biography on that. It's on the Rice Bowl yes. page. And that's a, it's a cool pro. I remember doing it when I was younger. In fact, we did it in college at my Newman Center. Just, yes. just tell us a little bit about just how that works. Well, I mean, Rice Bowl is, I mean, it's a Lenten tradition. And, you know, so sometimes I think uh, Rice Bowl it, it, it's not just the money. The money is great, but it's, it's, it's the experience of solidarity, the experience of hunger. You know, Rice Bowl says that it, it, you are hungry because I'm hungry. And you are not hungry because I'm not hungry. And because of Lent is a time when people, we are called by our faith to live simple so that others can simply live. And, you know, so this little cardboard box that is so hard to put together to assemble, but then when you assemble it, what you are doing, you are actually assembling many broken lives around the world. And, you know, it's a little cardboard box with all the, with the, uh, whatever you save during Lent. It goes to Catholic Relief Services and it helps save, change lives. And usually 25% of it stays in the local diocese. Be, uh, recognizing that poverty, hunger is universal and, and in order to feed hungry people. Because I've gone around and I've seen hungry children in this country too. So part of that, 25% of that stays here to feed hungry people and, and, and works of mercy and works of compassion, while 75% goes overseas to also help uh, fight hunger and poverty. But you know, of course, it, it's, it's not the money. There is also, you know, you have the app, the Rice Bowl app that people can download and, and, and weekly it gives you reflections, it gives you prayers, it gives you recipes. And for instance, the countries that are always featured there this year, there will be five countries, including a diocese from this country. Hawaii will be featured as well and other, other countries and all that. You know, when you download a recipe from that country, you are entering into the way of life of those people to understand them. You read stories about people from that country, families from that country, how they live and how Rice Bowl uh, process has helped them to be better people, to be happier people. And you cook a simple meal, you eat, and, and, and it's, it's an educational pro process. And it's, it's a way of being in solidarity, uh, being hungry with a child, experiencing the hunger of a child, who would who 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 hungers all the time because he has no choice that's all he's got to to deal with you know i i've been to many schools and i was in a school of to uh, 1800 kids high school and after that they kind of invited me for lunch it was a great experience to have lunch with 1800 teenagers but you know what i watched after lunch you know like i saw so much food going into trash I saw food being tossed and tossed into those trash until they were full. That was not fun to watch because I, I started to think about myself and my little siblings when we used to fight so badly over just a little bowl of soup. And I tried to think about them, watching them die because we had so little to eat. And 
I believe if we had a little bit more food, they could have lived. And I would have siblings today, but they just died, you know. So the message I live with many schools and play churches that I go, I'm like, if you forget everything I'm saying to you, just remember this, that if you are ever tempted to be wasteful of food, remember my face, remember my story, remember my little siblings. And remember that there are still many people who are dying because they have so little to eat. And there are even there are hungry children in this country too. So and I just think God blessed all of us. He blessed us so that we can be sources of blessings to those who are less fortunate than we are. We, to be source He blessed us so that we can bless one another. But most importantly, especially those who are most vulnerable. And Rice Bowl is one of the best way to do that, ways to do that. Because as Christians, as Catholics, our faith is hinged on three pillars, uh, the scriptures, the sacraments, and the social mission of the church. And Catholic Relief Services really ex- executes this social mission of the church around the world and in the United States so wonderfully that every Catholic should be proud of Catholic Relief Services. And you should find time to brag about Catholic Relief Services. Well, that's what we're trying to do here on the show today. <laughs> so there you go. That's what we're doing. And thank you for, for your work with Catholic Relief Services and, and for uh, joining us here on this program but in the United States. And, and thanks for all your work back in Ghana as well. Thank you for having me. Thomas Awiapo is uh, with Catholic Relief Services Ghana. Um, hope you've enjoyed hearing his uh, story today. You can visit crs.org, learn more about uh, uh, him and the, and the work that he's involved in and all the great work of Catholic Relief Services around the world and how you can be a part of that. As always, you can go to buffalodiocese.org, check out under the, uh, the uh, uh, news and information tab. You will find our podcast page also at wnycatholic.org. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 